tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, Episode 8. Well, you guys, I've got a confession to make. It has not been a pretty week in Joanna land. I've had a pretty busy schedule, and I've been tired from not sleeping well. And all of it's kind of left me feeling impatient and slightly on edge. And so this past weekend, without thinking, I spouted one of my all-important opinions, and I hurt someone deeply that I loved, which has left me this morning feeling, well, sad, and crying out to God, Oh, Lord, please change me. You know what? I'm so glad that Jesus is more than able to do exactly that. All we have to do is make ourselves available to Him. And in today's episode, my dear friend Jody Dietrich shares how you and I can cooperate with grace and become the Jesus-hearted women God intends us to be. I am so excited to have my dear friend Jody Dietrich with me today. You know, there are times when women step into your life and and impact you on such deep levels that you're forever changed. And that's what Jody Dietrich has been to me. Jody is the author of The Jesus-Hearted Woman, 10 Leadership Qualities for Enduring and Endearing Influence. It has been a joy to watch God use her in so many ways. And Jody, I just want to thank you for being on The Living Room. Welcome, my friend. Well, thank you, Joanna. And I just have to say, you're an answer to prayer for me, too, my friend. Um, you, you're writing for sure has so impacted my life, but your friendship just on a deeper level has meant the world to me. So I feel like uh, this is just kind of a a double bonus blessing to get to partner (laughs) with you in ministry today and be on the living room. Uh, well, I feel the same way. I I have to say you were like on my top 10 list of women that I oh. wanted to, to interview because I've had the blessing of having, I think, I'm, I'm sure it's not front row seats, but I'm, maybe, I, I'm definitely maybe third row seat view. You're in that front <laughs> section for sure. You're way, right, cl- uh, way, way close to the to the stage of my life, um, if we can say it that way. And you have just been that person who keeps cheering me on and encouraging me and mentoring me. And uh, it's been such a joy. Well, it's been the same way for me. You guys, Jodi is one of the most unique people that I know. I I describe her as that woman that I want to be that has that gentle and quiet beauty that is of great worth to the Lord. And yet, she has a humble boldness and just an availability to God that just constantly amazes me. And I really am excited to introduce you to this book because it is powerful. I had the privilege of writing the foreword and and it was easy to do. It was so easy to do. And I tell the story about, um, as a young ministry wife, um, longing, longing to know what to do with this burning call in my soul and, um, and wanting a mentor. And yet, uh, and while I've had several over the years at that time, I, I had so many questions and didn't really have that person to answer them. And when I read that initial manuscript that was sent to me, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is the book 
that I needed. This is the book I was asking for. (laughs) And so we've got so many women listening to the podcast that um, are in positions of leadership. Uh, It may be ministry that they're leading. It could be their pastor's wives. Uh, Could be that they're women's ministry directors or Bible study leaders. It could be business women that are are leading companies or, or mamas that are leading their homes. We all, I think as women, have a realm of leadership, don't you? Oh, I so believe that. And um, sadly, women are not as quick to self-identify as a leader, um, just as as men, perhaps. But we, when, when we um, frame leadership in the light of influence, boy, we are all leaders. We're all influencing others and, and making a difference in someone's life. And so for sure, I think that we all have leadership qualities. And, and then sometimes those are lived out in an official role or, or a title, but a lot of times they're just lived out in our daily lives as well. So I think, mm. yes, we lead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the things I loved is the subtitle that says 10 leadership qualities for enduring and endearing influence because I don't know about anyone else, but sometimes my leadership skills can come out not quite so endearing. And so I appreciate that slant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, if something's going to be enduring, if it's going to last a long time, you kind of want it to be endearing. I mean, it's kind of like the difference between a massage and a, you know, dental work, you know, so they, (laughs) they, (laughs) they both can maybe take the same, same length of time, but you cannot wait for that dental appointment to get over and you just kind of want to stretch out the massage. And, and so, you know, I want to have the kind of influence on lives that at the, at the end of that period of time over the long haul, I want them to look back and and feel like it was um, that they were encouraged and affirmed and and it, um, helped to grow and to be who they're they were meant to be. So yeah, we need we need both of those. We want to endure, but we want it to be endearing. Yeah, and I think that the Lord has just strategically placed you to to speak to this in such a unique way. Jody um, is actually Dr. Jody Dietrich. She just <laughs> got her doctorate. She's an author, speaker. She's a leadership and life coach. She has been a Seattle Times religion columnist. When I first met you, you were leading the, the women's ministry for your state's denominational mm-hmm. um, group, group. And then you went on to lead ministry women on a national level. You've set on high boards of leadership for your denomination. And so I think it's just a a wonderfully unique voice that you bring to the table. What prompted you to write the book? You know, actually, I was sitting in a seminary class, Joanna, and we had a guest lecturer that day. And he said, someone needs to write a new book about leadership for women. And I don't know if you've ever been, I I know you have actually been tapped on the shoulder. You get this holy tap and, and I just had this sense that God was tapping me on the shoulder. And, um, as I, uh, talked about that with my professor and with my husband, I, there was just affirmation after affirmation about writing a book 
uh, regarding leadership for women. And so that really is kind of where it was born. But but before that, it's really born out of the backstory of my own life, my own journey, my struggles, the things that I've learned um, from my experiences also, but from the, the experiences and the, the mentoring of others, and especially from the heart of Jesus. I mean, I want to influence people the way that he did. And so, yeah, so that's how the book kind of came to be. And um, it's just been such a, boy, such an, an advert, adventure and a journey um, to just see it touching lives around the world. It's mm-hmm. it's in Spanish and Portuguese now and, and just hearing from women literally on every continent who have read the book and reach out to me. And so I feel humbled and honored to get to have had this great uh, writing adventure. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it is truly an excellent book. We're actually doing it in the state of Montana with some leadership women. And I love how you've broken it down into 10 qualities. And I'm just going to quickly read them. But then I'd like us just to kind of drill down on maybe three, two or three that you feel are just really key as you look at a woman's realm of influence. The first chapter deals with confidence. Second is authenticity, humility, stamina, resilience, courage, self-awareness, kindness, soul care, vision. And you know what? We could talk, we could probably talk at least 15, 20 minutes on each one of those. But but for this podcast, what do you feel as you kind of have drilled down, like what are the three qualities that you think are are absolutely necessary for us if we want to be, you know, honestly, not just leaders, but women that um, that exude the likeness of Jesus? Sure. Let's, you know, let's begin with that, that first quality uh, confidence. And, and I actually kind of, in that chapter, I talk about gracious confidence, which is a difference than confidence just in the flesh or, or, or I've got it all together type of confidence. And the title of that chapter is these shoes are too big. And, um, you know, I don't know about you, Joanna, but so many times uh, I've been asked to step into a role and I feel like I'm putting on my mommy's, you know, mm-hmm. high heels and I'm a little girl clomping along in my mommy's um, two big shoes. And and yet I've learned that confidence grows as we go. Um, and, and there are so many women who have been stopped by to as as far as fulfilling what God has for them in their lives by this lack of confidence. Like I can't, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. And I am so thankful to learn that God uses reluctant leadership. Yeah, <laughs> We see that in scripture and I've seen that in, in my life so many times. I think that there are two types of leaders. There's the AD leaders and the BC leaders. And the BC leaders are the born confident ones. And then the AD ones are are the always doubting. And, and I tend to fall into that latter category. Um, and, and yet I know that when we step out into something that God asks us to do, that he grows us up and he gives us his strength. Um, you know, I've, I've learned that it's okay to not be fully prepared for everything that leadership throws your way. <laughs> yeah. Because what we don't know scares us. Even things we don't know about ourselves. Can I handle these responsibilities? 
responsibilities and pressure. And, and there are many things that we just can't know until we actually walk through them. And so um, I really want to encourage women to, to look to Jesus to be your, your confidence. Um, his confidence was in his father and knowing who he was. And our confidence is in, in knowing whose we are, who we belong to, mm-hmm. and that we're his, and that it really is his strength in us that makes all the difference, that he takes the gifts and, and the, the deposits that he's put into us, and he grows those when we cooperate with him. And he brings those out in a way that changes the atmosphere around us. So, uh, yeah, that is such an important place to begin. I love that. I love that. It's interesting that um, I, I feel like the enemy can get us coming or going. You know, right, there's, that, right. there's that girl who was BC, born confident. And um, and I I know for me, like I, I was born with a lot of dreams, but I'm also probably fall on the the always doubting because I'm pretty <laughs> sure that I'm going to miss it or I'm going to mess it up. But one of the things that I've seen, especially in today's culture and in the online space, you know, it's like, you can do this, you know, right. stand up and take, you were born for greatness and all of this stuff. And I, I'm like, where is that middle ground to where, where we walk in a humble confidence um, and not in fear, but also not in pride because boy, it can swing both ways where we're just really irritated that we're not getting the attention we need. And why did they get that position? And I didn't. And so how, how do we, how do we temper that confidence with that, that godly humility? Right. And, you know, there's a whole chapter in the book on humility, and you really can't talk about one without the other um, because they they really do go hand in hand. And there's no way to be a Jesus hearted leader and rely wholly on yourself. And and I'm with you, Joanne. I hear all the time, you know, you can do anything. You can be anyone. And well, you know what? Sorry. No, you actually can't. Uh, yes. I can't be Joanna Weaver. <laughs> and I can't be Jody Dietrich. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I might pray and ask, you can't be the person sitting next to you. You you can't hijack the gifts of others and be a copycat of their ministry. And you can learn for, uh, from others, but you can't um, hijack someone else's gift and make it exactly your own. And But the good news is that, that God is not looking for them in your life. He's looking for you in your life mm. to show up. And, and there will always be someone who can probably do it better than you can, whatever it is. And you just, we just have to get over it and get on with it and realize that um, your best role is you being you. It's not being um, someone else and and not getting maybe even their acclaim or, or whatever, but having a sense that my life counts, what I do matters and and this is this is my only chance to live out this life that God has given me on this earth to, to impact the world around me. And so you know, um, I was thinking about that verse in, in Philippians 
where uh Paul is actually saying, it is better for you that I live. He talks about, you know, whether he, he could go die and go be with God, which is far better. Um, he's torn between life and death. But he, he says this, it is better for you that I live. And, and I was thinking about that a while back. And I want to live the kind of life that uh, my family will say, boy, it's better for her that, that or better for us that she lived. Um, I want to influence people in a way that it's better for them that I was in their life somehow. And um, that only happens when Jesus is truly Lord and working in us and developing us and taking those areas, whether, you know, again, you talk about that um, tension between pride and, and I've got this and that I can't do anything. There is that middle ground where we go, Lord, um, this is up to you. I will take these steps forward. But really, I know that it is my reliance on you and what you put in me that will make the difference. And so truly confidence grows as you go. I was talking to my oldest granddaughter recently, and she said, Grammy, you're you're so brave. We were talking about some things. And I said, oh, honey, if you only knew the things that I do, almost everything I do, I do do them scared. And so, <laughs> but, um, but I still do them because if I have that sense that this is what the Lord wants me to do, because really he is the one who comes along and makes it count. And so I just keep going. I, Joanne, I've said so many times recently that I have never had a master plan for my life. What I have is a master with a plan. And I just keep saying one more yes to him. And he opens up these crazy God adventures, I call them. And I keep moving forward and watching him do things that are so beyond me. And so I think that's really one of the ways that our confidence grows because it becomes a confidence in God's work in us, not, not in us. Um, And then we have courage for that next thing when we see, Oh, you, you helped me with that last thing that seemed just impossible. And so then our confidence grows um, and we, we keep going. I love that. You know, as you were talking about, I was thinking, One of the beautiful things about letting God lead is that we can trust him with, with the next thing, you know, I I think that's probably the thing I've loved about being your friend and having front row seats is I've watched you, um, step out into what God has asked you to do and, and do it beautifully. The first time we met, you were like leading their, your state, uh, women's ministry. And I was your speaker and I was just so, so impressed with the team of women that you gathered around you and the just the sweet presence of Jesus that was all over it. But then I watched you as our friendship um, started actually close that door of ministry. Say, I think God's done. And you did it without waiting for the next door to open. And I think there's a lot of us that, you know, we have a little bit of FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, oh my goodness. Well, I've got this ministry. I'm leading this thing and and I can't let go of it. But I've watched you. And I think it's because of confidence in God that you've been willing to go when he says go, but you've also been willing to stop when he says stop. 
And that, that all requires confidence. And, and yet in it, I've watched you also say yes to things that haven't always been easy, which it comes to this second, um, second category that, that you kind of pointed out as important stamina. Can you talk about that? Uh, Yes. Let's talk about stamina, ladies. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, You know, I, I talk about the two kinds of leaders. Again, here I, uh, a juxtaposition in leadership that I see often. There are people who I call elevator leaders who want to stand around pushing buttons, waiting for just the right doors to open to take them on a quick, effortless ride to the top. And then there are stair leaders, those who are willing to do the hard work of developing their gifts and abilities step by step, day after day. But here's the thing. These stair leaders are developing stamina along the way that will serve them well, both both for the trip and then how they lead when they get to wherever they're going. And so, you know, if anyone has been in any kind of leadership for more than, say, two weeks, <laughs> I, I won't have to tell you, it won't be a surprise that it's not an easy life. And things get hard and complicated. And yeah, those stops and starts, um, knowing when to employ those in our lives, those can can even require a certain sense of stamina. Um, and sometimes, though, people quit too soon um, when things are hard or when they've been criticized and when um, life kind of knocks the wind out of them. But, you know, they're just great rewards for those who learn to endure for the long haul. And there there really is a finish line that's worth crossing. And so in the meantime, we have to have that stamina to, to get to where God wants us to go on this leadership journey for sure. Mm, so true. So true. I think, you know... <laughs> I always have such a wonderful script prepared for God. Yeah. You know, like, okay, you've asked me to do this, and so I'll do this, and then I'll do that, and then I'm pretty sure this is what's going to happen. Right. And one of the things, like, I've just walked through recently was I did this and I did that. And it didn't turn out the way I wanted. And I think the first thing that happens is we're like, well, I must be the wrong person. Or, well, I must be out of God's will uh, because we really think that God's will, number one, should be easy. And number two, should always be accompanied by great success. Right. And where, you know, and where in scripture do we see that? I mean, it's so, you know, the the stories, uh, those biblical stories are entirely the opposite. People doing God's will went through hard things and and it was a long, hard journey along the way. And so, you know, taking the stairs, um, just putting your foot, one foot in front of the other and making that exertion to just take one more step and one more step, just it really matters. And um, I've seen too many people just give up when things get hard, like I said, or, or criticism. Boy, that's one that, that will, will take us out. But, you know, I think what there are things that help our stamina, um, and that's knowing that there are rest stops along the way. Um, we, I was in the book, I talk about 
climbing to the top of St. Paul's Cathedral in, in London. And I think it was 500 and, I don't know, 528 steps or something like that. And, and I weighed a few more pounds, actually, than I do right now. <laughs> back then. And I was so tempted to say, no, I'd rather just go get ice cream instead. And, you know, why do I want to get up there? But some friends encouraged me and my husband, we did it together. And so, um, so our stamina is increased by having other people with us on the journey, knowing that we're not doing this alone and kind of spurring each other on saying, you can do this, keep going and laughing along the way. And and on that staircase, the, the architects had built in these little seats just in the, this old stone uh, staircase along the way. And so once in a while, we just have to stop and catch our breath and then we could keep going. And, and when we finally came out on top, I mean, the view of the, you know, the whole of London is laid out before us and we could start to pick out different, um, you know, points of interest and things that we could see that we would not have seen from ground level. And so um, I, I think t- just to know that it's worth the climb, what what you'll see, what God um, will show you is worth the climb. But take friends along the way and and give yourself rest stops and laugh mm-hmm. <laughs> at your red face and your huffing breaths and realize, yeah, hardness is part of the journey, but it's not the whole story and it's worth it. Mm. So good. So good. Uh, you know, I, I think not only being willing to put the effort in, but also the time. Yes. And I think often we want the instant gratification. We want the instant result. And I was just laughing to myself because Josh and I just came back from London and, you know, we didn't do the stairs. We did the London eye, (laughs) which is a big giant kind of Ferris wheel sort of thing. But even that took some patience. Right. Because it moves super fast. Super slow, had to wait in line. Um, you know, it was 15 minutes to the top. You know, it it wasn't an instant thing. And so being willing to put in the effort, being willing to to surrender our timetable for God's and still, you know, like Eugene Peterson wrote the book, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. Um, and I think that's that sums up stamina for me. What's what's the third quality you'd like to talk to us about? Well, this, you know, the first quality kind of had to do with, you know, especially for those at the beginning of a leadership journey, which confidence to, to get started and stamina really serves you well in the middle and, and kind of takes you towards the end. But the last quality I want to talk about is one that deals with that endearing part. And, and it's the quality of kindness because, um, if we want to end our journey well, if we want to look back and see the impact of a Jesus-hearted life on those that we led and those that we served, then we really, really have to have this quality. Sometimes I ask groups, who do you want to be when all that you have to do is done? Hmm. 
who do you want to be when all that you have to do is done? And and how we develop this quality, which really there there's a, a fruit of the spirit aspect to this that you know he develops in us. But this is such an important quality for for leaders if we want to not just endure but be endearing. The title of the chapter is First Clappers, and um, it begins by describing something I think that we've all experienced. Have you ever been sitting in an audience after a performance or a presentation, and you you wonder if it's appropriate to clap or not? Right. And, and then from somewhere, a few rows back, some brave soul with a kind heart claps their hands together, and, and the first that's the first one to break the silence. And then a few others join in, and, and soon the room is just thundering with applause. And and there are people in life who I call first clappers, um, those who take the initiative to show kindness in tangible ways and and kindness in real life. And, and so um, the two kinds of kindness that I explore is kindness by omission. Um, and that's how by not doing cer- certain things is a way of being kind. And so maybe we could talk about that first, Joanna. Mm-hmm. Kindness by omission. You know, we used to have that little um, bracelet a lot of people wear, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And that's an important question to ask. But sometimes we need to ask, what would Jesus not do? Mm. And there were many times when he showed such restraint. Oh, the restraint of a merciful God <laughs> when he could have yes. wiped people out and when he could have um, treated people with with his authority and his power in such a different way than um, maybe than we would today. And so, but it was his kindness, his heart that, that, um, acted in tandem with his power that made the difference. And so, so kindness by omission, and, and I'm sure you can think of some examples too, Joanna, it might mean just, you know, not showing someone up, you know, when mm-hmm. we have, when you're with a leader that is just learning and you know, maybe how to do it a little bit better and just not coming in and, and um, in front of other people saying, well, honey, really, um, this is what you should have done. And, um, or, or just, um, not expecting everyone else to lead like you do. Um, not putting the the pressure on those around, uh, you to live up to just a certain stringent set of expectations that doesn't allow for their personality and their giftings and, and the work of God in their life. And so, um, can you think of any other, ways kindness by omission, Joanna? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think even with our children and how we parent, you know, mm-hmm. that that we're not always on them, you know. But uh, for me, you know, I, I all of a sudden thought of kindness to myself and not not going into that doubting or that bad me, terrible me mode. So yeah, so many ways, so many ways. I love that idea. You know, that verse that says love covers a multitude of sins. Yeah. That we are not so quick to expose, but to cover. And then the other side of that is kindness by commission. So committing kindness, going out and and intentionally acting in a kind ways and in kind ways. And I, I think, um, 
one of the things that has helped me with that, I call it intentional, spontaneous kindness. <laughs> and mm. that's when I prepare in advance to be kind to the people that God puts in my path that day. And there are different ways to do that. But, you know, for me, just sticking a little uh, giving cash, I call it, in a, a portion of my wallet to have ready um, when God taps me on the shoulder and says, you know, take care of, of that person's um, coffee or meal or um, or groceries or whatever, and just being ready to offer kindness in that way. Um, sometimes just being willing to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit when he when he asks me to do something. Can I tell you an, an example or two sure. of that? Yeah. So I was thinking back uh, a few years ago, we were at a conference back in another state in the Midwest, and we were in this large hotel. And um, it was one of the hotels with an elevator that's glass that rides up kind of the inside of this large, you know, uh, courtyard area. And so there was a, a woman, a hotel employee who was stationed there by that uh, hotel to just greet people. And I kept noticing her and saying hello. We would say hello as I rode up and down the hotel elevator. And I just kind of noticed a sadness in her eyes. She she never um, spoke about that, but she just looked down a little bit to me is all I can say. And so the last day when we were about ready to check out, I was getting on, I'd come down for breakfast and, um, and I was getting back on the elevator to go back up and haul our suitcases out um, with, along with my husband, check out. And she mentioned that she liked the little tunic top I was wearing. She goes, "Oh, that top is so cute." Where did and and she literally, as the doors were closing, she put her hands in between and stopped the doors and got on with me and and was asking me about this little, you know, little top that I was wearing and where I got it. And I had actually purchased it in another state. And so we, as we rode up, you know, we were just talking about this and, and, um, I got off the elevator, went to my room and I felt this, this Holy spirit tapping on my shoulder again, I would call it. And I just felt like I was supposed to give that to her. And I had only worn it maybe one other time. And I just put it on clean that morning. She looked, looked about the same size. So I took it off, put another top on and put it in a little bag and rode down and got off the elevator and said, Hey, you know, I was just thinking this would look so cute on you. And, um, I've, you know, only worn it once and I don't want to insult you, but I just, it looks like it would fit you. And I didn't buy it from around here. And so she was like, what really? She was just, you know, kind of amazed and so, you know, grateful. And so I, it was no big deal. I kind of hugged her and walked on to, to leave the hotel. And, um, she chased me down, um, as I was walking away and said, could I talk with you a couple minutes? And I said, sure. And there were big tears in her eyes. And she said, I just have to tell you, um, my husband was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer just a, a couple of weeks ago. And I am so afraid and, and I haven't slept in days. And I, I just, I don't know what we're going to do. And I'm just afraid that I'm going to wake up and he's going to be gone. And, mm -hmm. and I, you know, and I, I just wanted you to know that what you did 
was really meaningful to me today. And, and I said, Oh, my, my friend, um, I just believe that this is God's way of telling you, he sees you, he, he knows what you're going through and he, he loves you and he can, he can be with you on this journey with your husband. And so, you know, would it be all right if I prayed for you and your husband? And she said, yes, please. And so I was able to pray with her there in that hotel lobby with tons of people coming and going and um and and God saw her and and the the work of Christ um of his kindness was active through my life. I it was just a small thing and believe me, Joanna, I have plenty of clothes at home. I didn't I didn't miss the, them. I'm not saying that was like some great sacrifice. But it was just um that I was listening to the Holy Spirit and and acting in kindness. And that's the way I want to live my life. And when I lead that way, when I um, lead not with a sense of authority or entitlement, but how can I serve the people that I'm leading with or those that I'm um, who are under my leadership in some way, whether it's my, again, my, our children or in a business or in the church world or, or wherever, um, it, it makes such a difference. It's, it's a different kind of impact. Um, in leadership, we can get things done if we have goals and we, you know, develop certain skills, but the impact is different when we lead with kindness, the way the lasting fragrance, we leave a little of the DNA of Jesus behind Mm -hmm. us when we touch lives with kindness. And that's truly the, the kind of leader that I want to be. Oh, that is so beautiful. And it really is the heart of Jesus. You know, like the Bible says, it's the kindness of God that leads it to repentance. Oh my goodness. Well, we could talk so, so much more about these. I hope you guys will pick up the book, The Jesus Hearted Woman, 10 Leadership Qualities for Enduring and Endearing Influence. I I was just wondering, have you had any surprises around the book after it was published? You know, um, I, I guess one of the things that has surprised me is certainly just the number of young women who reach out to me and who who uh, send me a private Facebook message and just say, "Oh, Jody, this is just really what I needed to hear," and and the men <laughs> that are reading mm, the yeah. book and using it for their church staffs, or I've had um, university presidents say, "Hey, this is just a great book that I've taken our our team through, our our faculty and leadership through." Um, Mops International used it to. Uh, for their leadership coaches nationwide. And so, um, you know, it's, it's always surprising what God does through, you know, through our efforts, again, how he takes our little and makes it much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know it's definitely impacted my life and, and it's actually impacting the lives of the pastors, wives and ministry women in Montana. And I did want to mention that for those of you who are ministry women, ministry leaders, um, I'm going to link in the show notes to the video that we, we shared with our ladies because there were such sweet moments that I don't want you to miss. So definitely check out the show notes and we'll be linking also to Jody's website and her resources. There's so many good things that her 
um, her side, I don't want you to miss out on. But one of the things that we didn't get to in that, um, that interview that I'd love to ask you now, you know, you've got 10 qualities, but I wondered as you've lived with this book now for a couple of years and talked about it and talked with women about it, if you were to add another quality, what would that be? Oh, that's such a great question, Joanna. Um, you know, I think it would be the quality of patience. Um, and that that is kind of woven in through some of the other chapters. But, but in itself, patience is such an important part of this journey because becoming a truly Jesus-hearted woman is the journey of a lifetime. I and it's also the journey of every ordinary day. I do get discouraged with myself sometimes when I'm way more Jody hearted than I am Jesus hearted. And, and so there are stops and restarts and potholes and detours along the way. And so I'm really thankful that he's the one who will transform our broken, sinful hearts into a heart like his. And and one of the, the little mottos that I've been um, telling myself lately is just face yourself and then grace yourself. You know, be honest with the areas where you need to grow, but then grace yourself. I was reading in my uh, devotional time recently uh, a quote by Pierre Chardin. Is it okay if I read that, Joanna? And and I love this phrase especially. Above all, trust in the slow work of God. We are quite naturally impatient in everything to reach the end without delay. We should like to skip the intermediate stages. Oh, that's me, Joanna. We are (laughs) impatient of being on the way to something unknown, something new. And yet it is the law of all progress that it is made by passing through some stages of instability and that it may take a very long time. And so I think it is with you. Let your ideas mature gradually. Let them grow. Let them shape themselves without undue haste. Don't try to force them on as though you could be today what time, that is to say, grace and circumstances acting on your own goodwill will make of you tomorrow. Only God could say what this new spirit gradually forming within you will be. Give our Lord the benefit of believing that his hand is leading you and accept the anxiety of feeling yourself in suspense and incomplete. Mm. And so, um, so patience and, and know that, you know, God's slow masterpiece over the long haul is better than the quick paint by number picture that I am pleading for today. So be patient on this journey to Jesus' heartedness, my friends, and, and know that God is patient with you, and um, he'll He'll get you there. And and it's it's a joy to just know that it's a journey we take with Him every day. Amen. Amen. Oh, this has been so beautiful, Jody. I I would just love to have you close in our time in prayer for that that woman out there that just needs just needs a little bit more. Um, more of Jesus, because it's out of that relationship that we become the Jesus-hearted women, woman that I think all of us want to be. Yes, I would love to pray. Father, we're so thankful that you gave your son to, to be our Savior, but also our shepherd on this journey, to be with us every day. Lord, there's so many metaphors in scripture that you give us and including that whole thing of being 
the vine and that you are the vine and we're the branches. And as we abide in you, we get to bear um, fruit and then much fruit or more fruit and then much fruit, Lord. And I just pray that you would bless every listener, God, um, with a sense of knowing that the slow work of God is active in her life as she abides in you, that she can trust in that work of God, that that you would give her confidence in the areas where she's lacking, where she's feeling um, not up to it, not ready for this thing that you're, you're um, asking her to do. God, give her a gracious confidence by trusting in you, that you're big in mm. her, Lord. I pray for stamina for those are in the who who are in the middle of their journeys and are weighted down just by the care of it and the the slow pace of it and the 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 exertion of the daily climb. God, I pray that they would just be um, filled with a sense, Lord, that this is going someplace. This journey that they're on is going someplace, and it matters. God, pour your strength into them. And Father, I pray that all along the way that we would be women who are filled with the kindness of Jesus, that our hearts, Lord, would be watching for ways to show your grace and your mercy to those around us. I pray, Lord, that even today, God, even after listening to this podcast, that you would um, set up some divine appointments where women can can commit kindness to those around them in their words and their deeds, Lord, they would be sensitive to that tap on their shoulders to act, to give, to, to serve, to love, Lord. And thank you, God, that none of this is on us, Lord, that it really is you working in and through us. So Jesus, we trust in you and we, we commit ourselves to be Jesus hearted women who will make an impact on this broken hearted world in your precious name. We pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Jody, for being with us. Oh, my privilege. Love you, Joanna. Love you too. So there you have it. 10 leadership qualities for enduring and endearing influence. You know what? Everything that we need is found in our relationship with Jesus. Just like Jody said, as we stay connected to the vine, his life flows up through our life and we become the Jesus-hearted women we really long to be. Hey, if you've got a friend who needs this encouraging message, please point her to joannaweaverbooks.com forward slash 008. She'll find the podcast there, but you can also find the show notes complete with links to all the good stuff Jody offers. And while you're at the website, you might just want to sign up for the Leader Access Pass if you're a Bible study or ministry leader. When you sign up for this part of my email list, you'll gain access to samples of all my DVD Bible studies complete with a samples teaching session, leader guide, downloadable promo materials, as well as a special retreat option that you can use with the DVDs to create a special event just for your women. Remember, friend, we're all leaders. Whether you serve in full-time ministry or lead a business, maybe you're an entrepreneur or a mother of a tribe of toddlers. Listen, you are a leader and you have a realm of influence. I pray that for each of us, it would be Jesus-hearted, not us-hearted, <laughs> that we would all live and love and lead like Jesus, because there's nothing more beautiful, more winsome, more needed than that. See you next time, sweet friend. God bless you. <laughs>